I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's do it. I started thinking about and reflecting on what had happened with Garoppolo back in March. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Got the contract. If he doesn't pass the physical, he's never playing for that team and he's never getting paid. Earlier on the show, lead Bay Area columnist for The Athletic, Marcus Thompson. Coming up, ESPN NBA analyst, Brian Windhorst from Sony Pictures, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Actors Shamik Moore and Jake Johnson. Packers beat writer for The Athletic, Matt Schneidman. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air live on the Roku channel, which is free on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TVs, Amazon Fire TVs. We are free on the Roku app and the RokuChannel.com. Free on terrestrial radio, coast to coast. Thanks to our friends at the Cumulus Podcast Network as well. You can listen to us free. Thanks to our Westwood One friends, Sirius XM Odyssey, and so much more. Great ways to keep in touch with all of us. Coming up on the show, Matt Schneidman, who wrote the deep dive and interviewed Aaron Rodgers about his departure from the Packers and what led to it. Hour number three for that. Same thing with our in-studio guests, Jake Johnson and Shamik Moore, who play Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the newest Spider-Man um, animated feature, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It'll be a lot of fun in hour number three. Jake is a huge Chicago Bears fan, but kicking off this second hour in which I've got the top five summer storylines to look forward to in the National Football League, getting ready for a big NBA Finals and so much going on in the NBA, which means our, our great friend uh, and one of my favorite guests that we have on the program back from the worldwide leader in sports, Brian Winhorst. How you doing, Brian? Um, I apologize. My voice is a little bit um, affected from um, six weeks on the road, so hopefully you'll bear with me. I will bear with you, sir. Um, best you can. Tell me what happened with Bob Myers and the the Warriors. Well, I don't want to try to get into Bob's head, so I'm not going to. I'm just going to say that he's 48 years old. Um, I understand that uh, there's burnout. We all get burnout uh, in our jobs. Um, he is not retiring. You know, um, you know, you know. I don't know if he'll ever be a GM again, but he's not retiring. I think what you have here is you have a really difficult period for the Warriors. They're they're facing uh, a payroll. If they re-sign Draymond Green, I'm not making any assumptions that they are or aren't. But if they re-sign to any reasonable number, they're looking at nearly five hundred million dollars next year in um in payroll and, and luxury taxes. Five hundred million. This would be the most expensive team in the history of professional sports. And that team finished sixth this year and got knocked out in the second round. And if I was Joe Lakeup and 
again, I do not want to say that I know what he's going to do, Rich, but if it were me, I'm not sure I want to spend $500 million on a sixth-place team. Hmm. And so you have a situation where Draymond is prepared for an extension. You have Clay Thompson, who's one year off from an extension and I'm sure is going to want to be taken care of. You have Steve Kerr, who is in the final year of his contract and I'm sure is going to want to be taken care of. And this is why there's a life cycle on, on dynasties. You reach either age out or you get too expensive or, you know, there's issues about who gets what. And they're facing the frontier of that. And Bob Myers looked at that whole thing, and maybe that wasn't the why he said I'm leaving. But all of those things are there, and he said, you know what, I'm not going to stay here. So you can make of your decision what you will, but all of those factors are certainly on the table in front of the Warriors. Well, is it fair to say then that the reserve that Myers used to have uh, in copious amounts or the reserve that he used to have that would be required certainly for this moment that you just laid out um, got, one would say, um, drained by last season significantly, and the Draymond punch of Jordan Poole is what really pulled the plug on the drain. I don't, I don't want to assume that, Rich, but here's what I'll tell you. In 2019, before Game 5, I had written a story that day about organizational fatigue that happens when a, when a team goes for a title three, four, five years in a row. I saw it happen in Miami with LeBron. I saw it happen in Cleveland with LeBron. And I had written a story about how it just it's not that you're physically tired. The organization from competing where you trade your draft picks and you can't play young players and you're under pressure every trade day deadline, every season starts long, and they send you overseas to start training camp because you're one of the high-profile teams. The whole thing has a wearing effect uh, that it, you know occurs in the NBA. And Bob pulled me aside before the game and said, my gosh, that's so true. We are totally being a feel, the organizational fatigue. That was in 2019. Mm. So think of everything that's happened. That night was the night that Durant uh, tore his Achilles. So think of everything that's happened just since 2019. And they're, you know, just emotionally and, um, you know, everything, they were fatigued back then. So imagine where they are now. And they're facing, again, another mountain of challenges that comes at them. I mean, I get it. I get it, but I also think it's relevant when you think about what's going to happen next, that after all this, he is raising his hand and saying, okay, I'm tapping out. Right, and Joe Lacob said he didn't get it. He's like, uh, I don't understand it, you know, but I, I, whatever makes him happy, he referred to Bob as his fifth child. Um, so let's talk about the, the next. What is, what is next? What do you think Lacob's move is going to be, Brian? Well, he's got to decide what he's going to pay Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steve Kerr. Um, you know, and the thing about it is, I mean, Adrian Wojnarowski reported right at the end of the regular season that, that um, you know, Clay Thompson was looking for a maximum contract extension. And Rich, I just don't think, the, I just think it would be very hard for the Warriors to do that. The mm-hmm. amount of money that it would cost, I think it would be very hard. I'm not, again, I don't want this to be attributed to me that I'm saying they're not going to. I'm just telling you it would be very difficult to go to that level with, with what it would cost them with what they've already got committed. And look, maybe they've got a trade that they can do that would vastly reduce payroll. Um, it's just, you know, this is not Steve Ballmer. They are a very wealthy organization. They bring in a ton of money, but they are not, they do not have bottomless pockets. They had the, the ownership of the Warriors 
in the last three years sold off a piece of the team to a private equity group, and they sold off a piece of the arena, which you know that arena is a cash cow. Uh, they sold off a piece of it to another group um, to fund how expensive this team is and losing money. Not because they wanted to buy a bigger yacht. <laughs> That's what Paul Allen did. These guys are, 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 are selling equity in the team to pay for the annual bills. And I know that it's not fun to talk about money. You want to say, well, what about how Draymond Green is going to fit with Steph Curry and how do they match up with the Lakers or the Nuggets? I mean, that's all true. But these decisions that happen in June and July, these are money decisions. And the Warriors are smack up against just outrageous sums of money that are due. They're smack up against a whole bunch of rule changes that have been put in in the new collective bargaining agreement directly to limit them, basically – Almost every move that they've made in the last three years has been legislated out in the new collective bargaining agreement. Um, they're just facing all this pressure pounding down on top of them. It's not easy. I mean, they are they they have four rings, so you're not going to don't lay awake tonight and worry about them. <laughs> but you know, they're in a really difficult situation about keeping this together. And you know, he, the first stress point we've got a break here with Bob Myers asking out. And in terms of Myers um, asking out, when is he exactly free? Um, you know, and it's interesting you mentioned Balmer's name. I mean, every Clipper fan down here in Los Angeles, knowing that there's a general manager vacancy here in Los Angeles, is thinking maybe Bob wants to come uh, come home, you know, Southern California. Well, what do you think? Well, that's not the same. Lawrence Frank is the president of basketball operations the general manager job in, at the Clippers is, number, is the number two job. Right. But um, I'm not sure that um, Bob is leaving because he's immediately trying to go get another job. Uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't work again, but I'm, I don't think that's what this is. Okay. And we've got uh, Brian Windhorst here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. So um, what's the Knicks up to? What are they up to? Because uh, that was the top of the ESPN.com news stack today is that Scott Perry is not getting renewed for the Knicks. What are they going to do at the general manager position? What does this mean, do you think? Well, again, uh, you know, with all due respect to Scott Perry, he is not, he was not the lead. To, and what, something that's happened, this is in the weeds, Rich. There's been title, you know, embellishment in the NBA the last five years. Yes. Every, there's no more general managers. They're now all presidents and the number two is called general manager. No offense to Scott or anybody, but um, Leon Rose is still firmly in control there, and he's got a very full staff. Um, you know, Scott Perry was a holdover from the previous regime. So, But I think if you look at the Knicks, um, last summer they were very, very patient. Uh, they could have gone and gotten Donovan Mitchell, and it was going to cost them a lot in terms of uh, draft compensation and young players, and they just they were patient. They said, we're, we, we don't think that we need to make this move right now. And they were rewarded. The, the, the moves that they did make, specifically Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart and their young players developing and showing trust in Julius Randle, they got farther than the team that traded for Donovan Mitchell, the Cavs. They beat them. And so I think the challenge for the Knicks right now is can they remain patient? And what I mean by that is they are, they are loaded and ready. I think they could make two blockbuster trades with everything that they've got in terms of draft picks and in terms of young players on their roster and usable tradable contracts. I think they could acquire two big time players. The challenge for them this is what, you know, I think that they've been discussing is stay patient, wait for 
the big one. Wait for the big-time star that becomes available that can take them from fourth to first. They don't want somebody that can take them from fifth to third. And I think that's what the summer is going to be about for the Knicks. Well, and then, you know, I'm, I, I'm, the name Lillard obviously leaps to mind here. And I imagine the draft is going to be an inflection point for what the Blazers might want to do with Damian Lillard, if that's even something to do. What, what do you think about his availability this summer and the timeline on that, since you mentioned timeline? Rich, I think what's going on in Portland is maybe the most fascinating thing in the league. At Once the finals end, that's where a lot of the focus will be. Because this is not sources said. This is not insiders are saying. <clears throat> At the end of the season, Damian Lillard came out and said, I don't want to play with more players who are going to take two or three years to develop. No offense to all those guys. I want to play with guys who can help me right now. The general manager, who in that case is the number one decision maker, Joe Cronin, came out and said, yep, we're going to honor Dame here. We're going to make moves to acquire players that can help us right now. And then they fell backwards into the number three overall pick at the lottery. And, Rich, I don't even, you know, you say the number three overall pick and people say, oh, Michael Jordan. Forget about Michael Jordan. I'm just going to talk about the last 10, 12 years. The number three picks are guys like Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. These are Hall of Fame players that are available at number three. Now, I don't know about Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. I'm not a, um, a draft expert. I haven't broken down their high school film and interviewed their high, history, <laughs> high school history for teachers. I don't know what they're going to be. But I know that the number three pick is not something you trade for uh, you know, a guy who can be your third best player. And so now the Blazers are in this spot. What do they do? Do they draft a 19-year-old who is indeed two or three years away from being a real contender, a real player to help them? Because even if you got Victor Wembanyama, he wasn't going to help the Blazers win the title this year. It just, you know, rookies don't come in and affect winning and losing. They just don't. I'm telling you, you go look at every all of them. None of them do. And so do the Blazers make that number three pick available? And if they do make that number three pick available, who's that player? You know, or... Do they say to Dame, look, this is too valuable to us. We we gotta we gotta take this opportunity. This is a you know, this is a, a once in a generation opportunity to, to draft a, another, you know, franchise cornerstone. And if that's the case, what does Dame say? Does Dame back up what he said two months ago? Mm. That he didn't want to play with that or or what? And so I don't have the answers, Rich, but I can tell you that the whole league is watching that very closely. And there could be three or four picks in the top ten that are available. So we could see, you know, it may not be the best year to make the number three pick available. If somebody can get the number four pick cheaper, uh, which is Houston. Houston has kind of said the same thing. They want to compete right away. So um, it's a complicated situation that's going to really play out as soon as the finals are over. Yeah, and so June 22nd, night of the NBA draft, you know, is this what's at play when, you know, Charlotte's on the clock and who they choose second overall is a domino that falls into Portland and – makes this decision while they're on the clock while you know they maybe talk turkey to lillard throughout the next couple weeks i mean what's the timeline i guess on this sort of thing yeah exactly i mean the the pick only has value before it's made you know in most cases right and so like i i mentioned um you know i'm uh i'm I'm, you know i mentioned some other you know some other teams i mentioned houston the number five pick detroit has kind of indicated that they might be willing to make it. The number 10 pick, which is Dallas, under immense pressure to retain Kyrie Irving and to keep Luka Doncic believing that they're competitive, 
I think that pick could be available. Now, we go five, six years sometimes before we, when, when we see top ten picks traded. You know, some years we see two or three of them, but it is not a normal thing that a top ten pick could move. But I'm just telling you, there's four that I know of that could potentially be on the move, and that complicates matters too. How do the how do the Blazers drive a hard bargain for number three if numbers four and five potentially are available? So it's a it's it's going to be a fascinating and and the other thing is it's kind of like a a three tiered you know the scouts kind of look at it as three tiers. Obviously, when Benyama is by himself, then there's a lot of people believe Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson in two three and in some order, and then there's a third tier of players between four and ten that are sort of comparable. Depends on who you like, and that could affect it too. Uh, that could have you know that could affect what the value of the number three pick versus the number four pick is. I mean, it's a particularly interesting strategy draft even if it's not maybe a star studded draft after the top few picks there's a lot of strategy that's going to come out in this next month i've got brian winhorst a couple minutes left with the uh the uh the great brian winhorst from the worldwide leader in sports um what's the timeline on lebron and the lakers and Kyrie and what he you know is he really is he really thinking of retiring i know i've asked you a whole bunch right there but if you want a soup to nuts it for me go for it please. Well, I have no idea what's in Kyrie's head. You're going to, I wish you luck finding somebody who does. Um, I don't think he intends to retire. I think he intends to to try to sign a gigantic contract with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that team very well could be Dallas. As much as we look elsewhere, I think, you know, Dallas has a lot of advantages. Um, The thing about it is, I think, you know, the Nets, after having Kyrie for several years, were just unwilling to give him the kind of long-term offer he wanted. And that's the challenge. I don't think the annual money is the issue with Kyrie. I think Kyrie is absolutely worth a single season maximum salary. But if you give Kyrie a three or four year deal, based on his track record, that's a tough position to ask. And the Lakers are going to show their hand, Rich, because they have to make some decisions by the end of June on a number of players on their roster. They have a number of players who have options in their contract. And, you know, none of them are LeBron James or, or Anthony Davis. Um, you know, but they got to decide whether they're going to keep uh, Jared Vanderbilt. They got to decide whether they're going to keep Malik Beasley. They got to decide whether they're going to keep Mo Bamba. Now, you may say, how could you talk about Mo Bamba when we're talking about Kyrie Irving? <laughs> how could you say that? Who cares about that? Well, <clears throat> Rob Plunkett came out at the end of the um, at the end of the season and said, we want to keep our young core together. We like the guys that we acquired in these trades, um, and we're going to keep them together. Now, that could be posturing. He's not on the on the witness stand saying that. But if they don't, if they go out there and clear a bunch of cap room and they, you know, waive all these guys right before the start of free agency is we're required to do, then I think we have something that you're looking at. If they don't do that, then I think you're, I think it's a much harder road for Kyrie to have an option for the Lakers. And here's the thing: any discussion about Kyrie and the Lakers, his maximum salary is forty-seven million, and I believe that he can get forty-seven million. Maybe not for four years, but I believe he can get that. But the Lakers, even if they cleared all the decks, cut everybody that they could, they could only clear between 30 and 35, Rich. So any Kyrie-Laker dream would probably mean Kyrie willing to take a pay cut. Maybe he will. I don't want to assume. But that's important. It's not going to be apples to apples to what Dallas potentially can offer. So uh, before I let you go, you have a uh, an NBA Finals thought key to, I mean, how, how, is it is it how many bodies the Heat can run at Jokic to try and knock him off his game? Is that what it is? What, what, what do you got for me, Brian? I don't think he's stoppable offensively. Right. I think he will kill you offensively. 
I think the way to get to him is to um, is to try to beat him at the rim. He's not a good rim defender. It's probably the one part of his game where he's lacking. If you attack him in that situation, you, you can score some points. I will tell you this. The, the Heat have won the first game of a series, game one, six consecutive series. They did it in Milwaukee this year, they did it in New York, and they did it in Boston. So they are a devastating game one team. And Denver has been off for nine days. So I think game typically I'm a big believer in game one should never be overreacted to. But if De- if Denver is able to find the rhythm that they had, because they were awesome in that series with the Lakers, they played fast. They've got a great crowd at home. Their offense, when it's humming, is devastating. Jokic, when he's going, is just awesome. If they can rediscover that form um, and right out of the gates put the Heat on their heels, the Heat haven't been down in the They basically didn't trail. Mm-hmm. They haven't trailed. They haven't been behind in a series. All They've been ahead for six weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, you would, and you would say, well, of course the Nuggets will win game one. They are sitting at home and the Heat are having to travel. Maybe. But I would just say the Heat are experts at coming out and surprising you because they always have different game plans and they have different things that they can do and they sneak up on you and they're crafty. But they're 10-2 and two in the last six years. The Jokic era, they're 10-2 and two against the Heat. Jokic has pretty much owned the Heat. That's a compelling, there's some, some compelling data points in there. Brian, I appreciate it. I know you said you've been uh, traveling like crazy for six weeks, and uh, I appreciate your voice holding up. Do you have a good place in Paris that you know where I can get something to eat? Uh, Brian, do you know <laughs> any good spots in, in Paris, in France? Brian? Yeah, here's what you do. You come out of your hotel, yes, and you turn left, you turn right, and you walk a block, and you, you'll find something. That That's was how it works. That was it? I mean, seriously. So did, did you know you were just going to – you're flying to France for, for a two-minute interview? You knew that, right? That was it? That was your assignment? Well, Brian? it wasn't. Well, what was that? It wasn't just a two minute interview. Okay. I was there for days. I, I can't say what else we oh. did while we were there because oh. there's a draft coming up, but um, we have more content than just that. Uh, I've also published two gigantic uh, written stories on Victor, but he did, he did recommend to me a truffle bar. I had never been to a truffle bar before. Have you ever been to a truffle bar? I have not, sir. Uh, Rich? So, you, you, so he, you, you went truffle barring with Victor <laughs> Wembanyama? Is that what you're saying? Or he well, suggested I didn't one? go with him. Okay. I have had lunch with him. In the, in a, I was there also in January. I've been twice this calendar year. Oh. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brasserie in, in Paris where all the dishes have truffles in them, including the ice cream. Ooh la la. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, Brian. So you saying that Victor, you're the- Victor is a huge truffle fan. I don't any outlets in San Antonio. I recommend <laughs> if you want Victor Wembanyama's business to to stock up on your truffles. Truff. <laughs> okay, so the Riverwalk needs a truffle brasserie, is what you're saying. That's what you're saying. I, that would be a good idea. Okay, very good. That's excellent inside information. By the way, when you were saying that there's more than just your two-minute interview trip to France. You were there all week. I, I, I was doing your pointing, GIF. I, I was doing that off camera here. That's what it looked like because you're, you're, giving me, you're giving me stuff to think about, Brian. You're giving me stuff, as always. Thanks for the yes. call. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate it. Take care, Enjoy man. Be week. well. Enjoy your week, too. That's Brian Winhorst getting ready to cover the NBA Finals for ESPN right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Great nuggets that we just got right there <laughs> ah. about the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Wow. Look out for the heat in game one. You even said that yourself, Chris. Yeah. Look at you. Hey. Also, Bob Myers. 
Not, not coming to the Clippers, pal. That's what it seems like. That's what it sounds like. Lawrence Frank is here. Not retired, though. Huh? Bob not Myers retired. Not retired. Bob Myers, not retired. But not going to the Clippers. Don't, don't go full re- retiring. <laughs> oh, wow. Is what he just basically said. Never go full retired. No, never go full retired. <laughs> right. So he didn't do that. <laughs> He's not coming to Los Angeles unless... Well, I mean, you know. Unless... Uh, Unless Tim Balmer sends Lawrence Frank uh, into the uh, to, into a specific uh, spot, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and we I don't, that would be aggressive, by the way. That would be aggressive. Hey, hey, Larry, go to the toilet. So we learn that. It sure sounds like to me he thinks the Warriors. This is it. Like they're they bring back Draymond that puts him at five hundred million dollars. That's a lot of cream, you know. To be a sixth place team, as he points out, but right. it's time to pay Kerr. Like, Kerr should be his aid. And he was ready to do that for Bob Myers. I have a feeling they're going to figure that thing out. Or that they money th- you know, trade Steph to the lake. Oh, stop it. <laughs> You're out of your mind. I didn't even waste his time with that. Hey, we also got a new fantasy football team name. Which is? Truffle Barring with Wembenyama. Yeah, Big Vic Truffle Bar. <laughs> Big Vic. <laughs> When That's it. By the way, somebody, somebody has yeah, to do that as their hoops big, game. Next big year. Vic Truffle Bar. <laughs> somebody do that. And next uh, year. and, Guys, and, and the avatar idea. is like the biggest mushroom you can find. Why don't we do that? Aris Consult, let's go into business. Big Vic Truffle Bar. Grow truffles. Let's ship them down to San Antonio. We could be the. We could be like the the dealer. By the way, great information for for those uh, with establishments in San Antonio. Yeah. Hey, there ain't no truffle bar down in San well, Antonio. Well, there's a big. It's about to be. About to That's be. what I'm saying. Let's get on that we spot on the Riverwalk. Do you know how expensive truffles are? Yeah, they're mad they're, and you don't just grow expensive. them. You have yeah, to. Yeah. You have to just kind of find them. Import. Yeah, you got to yeah. get lucky. You need to, you, you need the Vandalay Industries of, uh, of, of truffles. Truffles are very expensive. You import and export. Truffles Plus. And that's, a, that's what we could call it. Truffles, truffles Plus. Plus. Let's do this, guys. Hey, this is retirement week. right here. Right, let's Blue. go. Let's go. Come on. I know some people in I France. believe that's how you say more in, Fr- in French is plus. Plus. Truffle Plus. There's got to be a little real estate, little corner shop in the Riverwalk available right now. Guys, we are sitting on a gold mine right now with this information. In fact, by the way, my dad, smiling down from heaven, I got that French word correct. It's spelled plus, Plus. but it's it's pronounced plus. Truffle plus. R-E-S truffle plus. And one last thing, too. One last thing, and then we'll take a break. Oh, you know what? Let's take a break. The, the, The Lillard stuff is fascinating. Just come to Philly. Because let's put stuff, let's put two and two together here. Just come to the We're going to put two and two together here before we turn to the top five summer storylines in the National Football League. I got a top five list. I got thoughts on Damian Lillard. But when we come back, RES Consulting lays the groundwork for Truffle Plu on the San Antonio Riverwalk. Bonjour. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Brian Winhorst is one of my favorite guests. Great. He makes us smarter. He's the way he communicates, the way he talks, it just, he brass tacks it. He also, you know, um, he drops. Little nuggets. Nuggets, but he also <laughs> drops breadcrumbs that you have to follow yourself. And there's no question he followed Wembanyama around France for a week when yeah. he's saying that the draft is coming. Oh, yeah. There's he, no question. He was like two minutes, Rich. So that's coming. And then the draft is a huge night. Not obviously because we're seeing the Spurs draft somebody so generationally brilliant. But we like putting guests information in front of you and then draw conclusions place and maybe together chris mannix another favorite nba guest of ours was here in studio two weeks ago i said to him out the door give me the name of the woe player every year every summer in the nba during the free agency period during the transaction action period there's one of those moments, you, Chris, you, TJ, Sean Mitchell, our digital coordinating producer, Sean, uh, is frequently texting his Hoskins, our coordinating producer, doing it too. And it's one of those where I'll text you too, this information, this news, and be like, whoa. whoa. Or we're just looking down at Twitter, whoa. You said it the other day when DeAndre Hopkins got released yeah. on the air. Like, you're like, whoa. Like, whoa. One of those whoa moments. Give me the name <laughs> of the whoa player this year. And Mannix did not stutter. He said Damian Lillard. And Windhorse, when I asked him about the Knicks, he said they had the the capital, not money, but believe it or not, draft capital and also player capital to make not one but two blockbuster acquisitions. I don't know who the second one would be, but the first one, you hear age 32, Damian Lillard wearing number zero in New York City, he would own the spot. Own it. In the same way he owned Philadelphia, he'd own a spot in Boston. Whoever wants to try and acquire him, because I imagine Portland would prefer to send him east as opposed to down the coast. Yeah. But uh, I'd imagine getting the best haul for him would be in Portland's best interest, unless they use the number three overall pick to give Lillard what he wants, which is players that can help him win now. He doesn't want to sit here and help kids marinate. In the same way, by the way, Rodgers felt about the Packers. His Mona Lisa Vito stomping foot clock is ticking, you know? And so 
he wants to try and win now. He's done with the bring me some of these kids and let's all grow together. That draft night, man. It's going to be like, do the Blazers think Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson, who do they like more? Who do they think could help Lillard more? Or who is the apple of someone's eye elsewhere in the NBA market more? Is it Henderson? Is it Miller? And the way it plays out might mean whether Lillard stays because the number three overall pick is that valuable and nets him and the Blazers, the players that he can help, that they can give to Lillard to win now, or or do they love this player so much that they'll take him, start from scratch, and actually say, we're going to do, we're going to do what the Nuggets did. We're going to get all these kids and let them grow together. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to keep the course. Obviously, it helps to strike it rich to get somebody during a, a, a fast food commercial like Jokic in the second round. That's what's at play, you know? And maybe teams are going to be calling the Blazers. If it's this guy, we'll send you this deal. Or do the Blazers go and evaluate these players and say, this is the guy and we'll just, we have enough of the young kids and we like that. And we've got to grow and I've got to look for the long term. And I'm not going to try and mortgage all of that to try and win with Lillard right now and hope that the mix of veteran players or ready-made players to win now are appropriate for Chauncey Billups to mold and mesh together with Lillard. That's their, that's their question right now in Portland and how that might play out for Philly and New York and Boston. Whoever else wants it. I'm just mentioning those three teams because of who who's in this room. Obviously, the West is that list is voluminous mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what's I think we've gleaned. But bottom line is Lillard's in play for the right deal, the right mix, the right draft choice that drops at three, and that may be what. That's the intrigue of this NBA draft. It sure ain't who's number one overall. That's done. But who drops to three, and does that affect the Blazers' decision-making on Lillard or someone else's team that moves the needle so much that it makes the choice for the Blazers? Hmm. So that's something that uh, to think about, along with what uh, what... Windhorse just said about Victor Wembanyama, which is that he loves truffles, and made us. And he suggested if there's anybody in San Antonio that wants Wembanyama to be in their establishment, serve truffles. And then we came up with an idea of creating their own truffle brasserie, um, bistro. <laughs> you said truffles plus because we're plussing truffles everything plus. up these days. Truffles and I said funny. the word for more yeah, in French is. Plu, spelled plus, truffle plu. plu. The problem would be telling all the Texans down there, no, it's not truffle plus, it's truffle plu, and see if that makes a difference. Thankfully, we have a Rich Eisen Show favorite to help us out with that. Jimmy in San Antonio joining us here on Jimmy. the Rich Eisen Show. Jimmy, how are you, sir? 
Bonjour, monsieur. <laughs> you speak oh, French now, huh? You speak the language of love now, don't you, Jimmy? We haven't got a chance to talk since the whole draft thing, and so I've had this. I've been sitting on this one for a while. It's too bad Victor isn't Jewish. It would be Wimba Nyamaka. Uh-huh. Very good. Well done. Yeah, well done, that's Jimmy. A golf clap. That's that's not a home run. No. Okay. Hey, sometimes so you got to hit singles, have... Jimmy. You just got to reach base. Sometimes you're on base. There's a pitch clock. What else can I do? Nicely Jeez. done. Right. <laughs> All right. So we have we're going to have uh, fajitas con truffles. We're going to have escargot ceviche and beignet empanadas. It's going to be a big cultural exchange, Victor. And then why doesn't Steve Kerr come back after Pop retires? Oh. Why don't we have Mr. Myers wow. come down and enjoy no state income tax in this nice truffle bistro on the Riverwalk? I think that's exactly what's going to happen, Jimmy. And TJ gets his best new team. Viva las escuelas. So what, what, no low spurs, no low spurs. Come on, NBA, that's insulting. So when does when does Pop? For, I said, and when does Pop give Kerr uh, the spot? And then I guess Pop would would he, would he be the maitre d' at Truffles Plu? Uh, our oh, our spot where we're you, serving everything. Is that where he would be, or he'd just be in the corner? Know. He'd be like Norm Pop at the bar. <laughs> this is the doggy dog world. Okay, so no, Pop's gonna uh, isn't Kerr's contract up at the end of this next season? Yeah, I think Pop's gonna keep coaching though. I don't know. Who knows? Who the heck knows with him? He's old, but you know, you know. Salute, old man. Gracias, viejo. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. Dude, Jimmy in San Antonio. Wow, that's a good one. Didn't even think of that. Oh, I thought about that. Kerr <clears throat> comes home. Back, back home, man. Say so he leaves Curry for Wembanyama. Yeah, I mean, you just upgrade. I think look, Kurt's, I mean, Steph's going to be on the Lakers, so we can't coach the <laughs> Lakers because they have Darvin Ham. So I think that's the next best thing. Let's go mm-hmm. to San Antonio for the new up-and-comer, the face of the league coming up in the next decade. Greg Popovich, the Ewan Roy of coaching. <laughs> Is he? He's got a very James Cromwell look to him. That's not bad. Not caring any, you're just telling it like it is. No, absolutely. going out the door. Who would stop their uncle? First, do no harm. Brother's funeral. Okay. For a stock price. Lots of speculation. Let's Ooh. take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. When we come back, top five NFL summer storylines. I got five good ones. That's next. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable 
helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I can't wait for a truffle business to start booming. Do you know anything about truffles, Mike? They're delicious. I actually really didn't even know that you had to go find the truffle. There's a whole whole breed of dogs that find them. Truffle dogs. I had no clue that that was how truffle was. I thought Mm -hmm. like a truffle was made. Like where? Like by an elf named Keebler? No. Like like with the cookies? Yes. Like I was like, yeah, could have been a Keebler elf. Like in a tree? Like Seriously, in a tree I elf. thought it was made. I had no idea. Like Nabisco that truffles? You find a truffle yeah, until like truffle, probably man. two, three years ago. Truffle. No, I man. was like, oh. tru- you gotta go, like, truffle? Truffle, truffle salt on popcorn? Yeah. Oh my God. It's like truffle butter. I'm not really a truffle guy. Nah. I'm not. I'm not a mushroom guy. Right, now you're going to make me look at a truffle. Again. I don't want mushrooms on my pizza. As you know, I don't want anything on my pizza. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, don't, we don't have to eat it. We just have to supply Crown Vic with the truffles. That's, oh, that's I, I, I know what a truffle is now. Truffle again. oil, truffle oil, french fries, truffle no? butter. Truffle, yeah. yeah, like truffle a truffle. Really good. Yeah. Nicki Minaj told us like about that. Do you really like truffle oil on your french fries? Really? Yeah. No. yeah. Hot sauce. Truffle fries? You don't like truffle fries? No. I go regular french fries. What type of fries do you like? Sweet potato. That's a good one. Uh, uh, no, the, the the method. Oh, oh. Uh, crinkle cut. Ooh. Oh, oh. I like a good crinkle. How about how about the uh, how about uh, waffle? Curly? The waffle. No, waffle Ooh, fry. Curly the steak Chick-fil-A fries. Waffle fry. Steak, steak really good. All right, that's a that's a poll question. Five guys crinkle fries, curly fries. Curly fries are hell yeah. Jack in the box. I used to put McDonald's fries at the top of the fried mountain, but then like Rowley's fries after a while, I got to admit, Rowley's I've never fries. Had one. Oh, they're Whenever delicious. Whenever I see the small, like like the McDonald's type fry, I think my mother best, opening got the bag best French fries. Is that what we're doing right and now? Dumping it on the pan. No, it's not. It's oven. not. It's not who has the best French fries. The type. What's the best. Type. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So skinny Straight, fries. I'm not a steak fry guy either. No, steak fries too big. Because I like my fries well done. I want them crunchy. Oh, I want them well done. I will always order my fries well done. I don't. I do. Okay. That's it's what, tough yeah. to get it, to make a steak fry crunchy. What are, our, no. what are our options here? Straight, just skinny fries. Skinny fries. Straight skinny fries. Curly fries. Curly. Curly are the right the winner. Waffle for fries. And then, and then the uh, crinkle steak. I think you got to go cut. steak. Crinkle or, or sweet potato. Oh. No, no, no. Now, no, now, 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 now you're opening it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. We're going crinkle. crinkle. Crinkle fries. You got to stay in the right? potato family. Let me tell you something, man. Uh, French fries in the air fryer, Mikey, you know. Oh. You, you, can't beat, you cannot beat them, Rich. You can't. All right, it's out. Pulls out. Done. At Rich Air Eisen fryer show. fries are just it's disgusting. Yeah, they're okay, they, And they make them, and they it's, come out crispy. Uh, and I just want everyone to understand, I knew the French word for more. My dad was a French teacher. I love going to France. Susie is fluent in the language. The fact that we talked about Victor Wembanyama and truffle, and it wound up with us talking about French fries, does not speak ill of us. We are (laughs) well-rounded Renaissance men. 
Okay. How about French toast? French fries plus. <laughs> and French to drink. toast. <laughs> and to drink. Peru. French toast. And just no, to show no, you no. that, just to show Drop you that it. we're well-rounded on May 31st, here's the top five Drop NFL it. summer storylines, please. I need some NFL Let's films go. music, please. Okay. We're back. The chimes. Top five storylines as we are hitting the summer, post-Memorial Day, entering June, the land of mandatory organized team activities and the like. Number five on this list is where is this guy going to land? He's not over the hill. He can run the football. Where in the world is Ezekiel Elliott going oh to land? Good one. Yeah. What in the world is this guy doing currently at the crib? Because I know how I've been pounding the table for Tony Pollard, but this guy can get the ball in the end zone when mm-hmm. you are inside the 15 and 20 yard line. Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to say this. You think the Buffalo Bills could use him? You want to sign him late? Sign him late. Have him come to training camp. Get in shape. Hand him the ball from the 10-yard line in with Dalton Kincaid as well. And you have, poof, fixed Josh Allen's do-too-much problems in the red zone. Bring him back home. Now, you want to bring him back home. I get it. And it's possible. But his whereabouts right now. Yeah, he's very silent. He's not a 32-year-old. Zeke's 27, is he not? You want to look that one up? I guess I should have looked that up before uh, before all this, but you've got 20, the Google. 27. He's 27. He'll be 28 for the football season. His birthday's in July. Yeah, but that ain't over the hill. Oh, yeah, Number four on this list, Jalen, check his check mark, right? Cha-ching. Lamar, cha-ching. Who's next? Burrow or Herbert? Who's going to sign first? And what does that mean for the other? And when are they going to sign? These are important questions. I am hearing rumors, and I have seen reports. Burrow might be the first guy to be paid as a percentage of the salary cap. That the cap goes up, so does his salary. What? Just put him as a, put him in as a percentage and see how that flies. I don't know if that passes management council muster or what have you, but Good deal for Joe. they are getting apparently very creative. As Pejo Stadium uh, opens up with a new contract with Joe Burrow. And then obviously Justin Herbert. What's going on there? That's just a fascinating conversation. Number three on the top five summer storylines in the National Football League in 2023 as we hit June. Three simple words. Jimmy's left foot. (laughs) Jimmy's left foot, everybody. (laughs) Starring Daniel Day-Lewis as Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy G or Jimmy Addendum G. Yes. Which is what Mike Florio says the new language in Jimmy G's contract is called Addendum G, which is, hey, we ain't paying you if your foot isn't healed. And guess what? Brian Hoyer time? Is that what it is? What the heck is going to happen if Jimmy G hits training camp season and can't hit the ground running? What does that mean for the Las Vegas Raiders? That's their plan? That quarterback? Right now, that's what it is. That's number three. Boy, is that going to be a drama to play out. Number three. Number two, it's simple. Where is DeAndre going to land? DeAndre Hopkins' landing spot. What does it mean? Is it Bills? Is it Chiefs? Is it somebody else? Could it be the Browns where Deshaun Watson's like, I'd love to have him again. Can they run it back there? What does that team look like? I'm seeing Deshaun Watson all over Twitter making great passes on seven-on-seven drills. That's what May 31st is all about. 
It's all about how great a team can be. Bombs. That's number two is when DeAndre, what's DeAndre going to land? The number one, the number one storyline of the NFL summer. It's simple. It's the quarterback room in San Francisco. Who's emerging as the starting quarterback? Week one, San Francisco will be in Pittsburgh at Acrisure. Nothing's for sure in this quarterback room right now. Who's going to be starting in Acrisure against the Pittsburgh Steelers? What a great week one game that is. Is it going to be Brock Purdy with his surgically repaired throwing elbow back, winging it around? Is it Trey Lance who's going to beat Purdy out because Purdy can't throw in training camp? Is it Sam Darnold getting the opportunity to actually beat all odds and be the starting quarterback for the 49ers? Will Trey Lance be traded if Jimmy G's left foot doesn't perform well enough what is going on with that quarterback room that's the number one storyline of the national football league all right we'll get one more. i do one more you know i'm going to make it about the jets at some point in time (laughs) (laughs) and they might be your hard knocks team which is going to be a summer storyline why hasn't that been announced yet i don't know (laughs) but in the meantime between that announcement and seeing Aaron Rodgers at a mandatory organized team activity, hopefully with a good calf. The question is, what's Aaron Rodgers' concert tour going to look like from here on? <laughs> well, let me the check. Swifty, Taylor, let me check Taylor Swift's the Swifty, story here. The Swifty, <laughs> two times. He's already been. By the way. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, because we assume he will not start any preseason games. New York Jets, uh, week three, when he plays New England, he will have as many MetLife appearances in a Jet uniform as he has as a Jet quarterback seeing Taylor Swift in MetLife Stadium. This weekend in Chicago, Taylor Swift. There you go. He owns the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so put a, put a T-shirt together. Aaron Rodgers concert tour. That is one of the top storylines for the NFL summer.